0: Back with some more college basketball action here for Saturday, January 14th. Got an absolutely stacked slate of games here for Saturday. Over 150 Division I college basketball games. Numbers that I absolutely love to see. All sorts of bets going on today. So let's jump right into it. Now we start out the show in the Big East as Seton Hall takes on DePaul. Seton Hall comes into this game as the 42nd overall team. In the high tip power ranking, DePaul is the 108th overall team. And I'll admit it, it's not a Seton Hall team that I've absolutely loved this season. I've certainly bet against them a few times, um, but they've kind of started to get things going in the right direction. Granted, you know, they've played some lesser opponents as of late, a win over Georgetown, per se, um, in their last game. But after a bit of a rocky start in Big East play, they have won three of their last four games. DePaul, on the other hand, Like usual, not off to a great start um, here in Big East play. Do get a good win over Villanova, their best win of the season thus far in their last game. But two and four overall here in Big East play. And and overall, it's not a DePaul team that's absolutely terrible. They've done a decent job shooting the ball this season. A 48.7 effective field goal percentage overall. um, And they've actually been a pretty good team from the perimeter, hitting 35.1%. From beyond the arc, and a large part of that shooting success comes from Javen Johnson, um, who's you know been a good shot scorer this season. A forty-three point one percent from beyond the arc for him, averaging sixteen points per game. Um, but they go up against a Seton Hall that defensively is very very strong, and Seton Hall themselves have struggled a bit shooting the basketball, um, but not much worse than DePaul. And in fact, a forty-nine effective field goal percentage is slightly better. They have been a little bit worse off from the perimeter, only hitting thirty-one point seven percent. But like I said, the defense is really where Seton Hall. Um, you you know wins their games and is able to be very competitive this season Shaheen Holloway has done a really good job building this Pirates defense holding their opponents to a 40.8 effective field goal percentage on the season compared over to DePaul who has kind of struggled there allowing 51.2 effective field goal percentage DePaul has also really struggled perimeter wise on the defensive side of things allowing 35.7% from beyond the arc while Seton Hall has held their opponents to 27.5% from three defensively Seton Hall has just been a very very good team and I think that's what gets them the win here in this game I think they continue the success that they've had recently in Big E's play and go to Chicago and get this win taking Seton Hall minus three here against DePaul to the A-10 we go as Davidson takes on George Mason. Davidson comes into this game as the 84th overall team in the hot tibet power ranking. George Mason is the 106th overall team. And it's a George Mason team that I've loved this season, but has been very interesting. They're 9-0 at home and one and seven away from home and they're away in, in neutral site games. Really one of the crazier road home splits that any team has had this season. And sure. You're going to see some of that in non-conference play when you're playing some cupcakes at home, playing tougher teams on the road. Um, but it's really continued into a 10 play here for this George Mason team. As far as Davidson goes, you know, started the season, not bad, but really have struggled as of late um, losses in three of their last four games come into this game, following the loss to Richmond and overall, they just haven't been the best shooting team this season um, have kind of struggled on the offensive side of the ball. Davidson only a 49.9 effective field goal percentage. They also haven't been great from three only hitting 30.2% from beyond the arc. And that was not the same statement that I would have made, you know, a month ago about this Davidson team really since they hit conference play here and in, in the back into non-conference play um, kind of has struggled. I mean, Foster lawyer really has not looked nearly as dominant as he did during non-conference play. His last two games hasn't even got the double digits scoring-wise. And it's a George Mason team that has shot the ball very well this season, a 54.1 effective field goal percentage for them on the year. They're also hitting 36.3% from beyond the arc. Defensively, George Mason has also been a good team. Their shot defense has been pretty strong, only allowing a 47.1 effective field goal percentage. Davidson, not terrible, allowing a 49.7. Davidson's also only giving up 31.8% from beyond the arc. But George Mason's been even better in that category only allowing their opponents 29.6% from beyond the arc. George Mason actually has the 32nd best three-point defense in the entire country, not to mention they've done a really good job rebounding the ball. And like we started it off with this preview, George Mason has just been dominant at home this season. I think Davidson's really going to struggle like they have against some of the other top teams in the A-10 this season. I think they struggled on the road here, taking George Mason minus four against Davidson. Next up on the card, we got Army taking on Boston University. Army comes into this game as the 262nd overall team in the hot to power ranking. Boston U is the 225th overall team. And it's an Army team that's, you know, had a pretty good start to conference play here. Into this game 4-1 and one in conference play. They've won five of their last six games. And while Army certainly benefited from an easier strength to schedule in non-conference play, they've still been a good team. And, and obviously, they've shown up here in conference play. Play. you know had a great win over Siena in non-conference and as far as boston U goes you know have definitely struggled you know don't have any wins over any top 250 teams this season coming to this game following a loss to colgate and offensively they just haven't been the best team They've really struggled to shoot the basketball this year only a 46.5 effective field goal percentage on the year but it's only hitting 32.2 percent from beyond the arc overall just offensively not a great team Boston U is this season. Army, on the other hand, has done a pretty solid job shooting the basketball, a 55.9 effective field goal percentage on the year. They've also been great from the perimeter, hitting 37.5% from beyond the arc. Jalen Rucker has led the way with 16 points per game, and he has really just continued to improve and look like a great basketball player this season. It's not just offensively that Army has an advantage, and they certainly have a major advantage offensively in this game. They've also been a strong team on the defensive side of the ball, only giving up a 51.4 effective field goal percentage they've also held their opponents to 31.9 percent from beyond the arc bu on the other hand allowing a 49.2 effective field goal percentage um, and only giving up 33 percent from beyond the arc defensively that they're fairly even coming into this game but it's an army team that i've been very impressed with offensively bu like we said has kind of struggled against better teams and i'm not saying army you know is some great team um, or some outstanding team but i think going on the road here in this game they're able to keep it close i think they cover this spread i'm taking army plus three here against bu Next up on the car, we head to Philadelphia as Fordham takes on LaSalle. Fordham comes into this game as the 197th overall team in the hot Tibet power ranking. LaSalle is the 215th overall team for Fordham. Obviously started out the season very, very strong. We're dominant during non-conference play. Again, one of those teams that certainly benefited from an easier strength of schedule. And that's kind of shown, you know, here has 8-10 play has started. They're 1-3 in their last four games. And in-conference play has certainly been a tougher test but it's not like LaSalle has been anything outstanding this season either. You know, eight and eight on the year, they do have the win over UMass in their last game, but overall that eight and eight record kind of sums it up. They've been a very, very average team this season. Um, Shooting wise, both these teams are fairly similar. LaSalle, a 47.6 effective field goal percentage on the year, hitting 33% from beyond the arc. Offensively Fordham is right around there with them. A 49.9 effective field goal percentage is a little better. They're also hitting 32.7% from beyond the arc, but Darius Quinsbury, really went off during non-conference play and you know maybe hasn't had as great of performances here in some of these conference games but he's still averaging 16.9 points per game this season for this Fordham squad, not to mention defensively, Fordham is just the better team in this matchup. They've been very strong on the defensive side of the ball only allowing a 46.8 effective field goal percentage for their opponents while LaSalle's giving up a 51.2 effective field goal percentage on the year. Fordham's also had great perimeter defense, only giving up 32.8% from beyond the arcs LaSalle struggling a little bit more in that category giving up 35.6% from beyond the arc and I think that's one of the areas that is going to kind of cost LaSalle some points in this game and I think it's a big reason why they're going to struggle to to maybe not necessarily stay in it um, but ultimately struggle to win this game I think going on the road in this spot this is a great opportunity for Fordham to get their conference play going back in the right direction really show the team that we saw early in non-conference play I'm taking Fordham plus 100 here against LaSalle. Next up, we go to my favorite mid-major league, the Summit League, as North Dakota takes on Denver. North Dakota comes into this game as the 344th overall team in the High tip power ranking. Denver is the 299th overall team, and neither one of these teams has been great this season, but North Dakota has really struggled. Coming to this game, following a loss to Omaha, and North Dakota has not won against a division one opponent since November 27th. It's really been nothing but struggle ever since then still don't have a conference win. And that's not to say Denver has been a great team because they only have one summit league win and it took three overtimes against UMKC to get that. They come into this game also off a loss to North Dakota state. Um, But there is still a difference between these two teams. Offensively, Denver has just been the much, much stronger team this season. They've actually been able to shoot the ball and not been a bad team shooting-wise this season. A 53.2 effective field goal percentage for them on the year. They're hitting 35% from beyond the arc. Tommy Brenner leads the way scoring-wise of 16.6 points per game. Really has been a great scorer for this Denver team. And North Dakota, on the other hand, just hasn't shot the ball well. They aren't the worst in the world but they're certainly not good only a 48.4 effective field goal percentage a little bit better from the perimeter hitting 33 percent from beyond the arc but denver certainly has the shot advantage in this game denver has also been a strong team rebounding the ball pulling down 72.4 percent off the defensive glass north dakota slightly behind them 71.2 percent off the defensive glass but denver certainly has the edge offensively once again pulling down 30.6 percent off the offensive glass north dakota only pulling down 27.1 percent off the offensive glass and and sure it's a north dakota team that's ultimately played in some close competitive games this season but going on the road against these denver shooters i think it's going to be a very very tough road test in this game i think denver is just straight up going to outshoot north dakota and north dakota is really just not going to have any answers to try and come back late Um, and i think denver ultimately ends up winning this game and covering this spread taking them minus four and a half you're against north dakota it's we to take a look at here on Saturday is Southern Miss taking on Arkansas State Southern Miss comes into this game as the 281st overall team in the hot tidbit power ranking Arkansas State is the 251st overall team and for Southern Miss, you know, they've been a, a fairly strong team this season 14 and four on the season. Um, wish they would have played better against Marshall in their last game. That was a game that I was excited to watch, and and ultimately, Marshall kind of just ended up running away with that one. Um, But it's a Southern Miss team that on the season has been pretty solid. You know, a win over Vanderbilt and Liberty during non-conference play, and offensively, they've been a good team. They've shot the ball well. A 50.7 effective field goal percentage on the year, hitting 32.7% from beyond the arc. Austin Crawley has been a great scorer for this Southern Miss team, 17.3 points Per game for him, um, but it's not like it's going to be an easy opponent in Arkansas State because they certainly, you know, had some good performances. But here, as Sunbelt play has started, Arkansas State has really just not been a great team. I mean, they come into this game on a four-game losing streak, and you know they put together a stretch of wins, um, you know, earlier in December. But it's, it's a team in Arkansas State that has really just struggled to shoot the basketball this season, only a forty-six point five effective field goal percentage on the year, also only hitting thirty-one point one percent from beyond the arc. And, and defensively, it doesn't get a whole lot better for this Arkansas State team. You know, one of the worst shot defenses in the conference overall, only allowing a four. 49.6 effective field goal percentage isn't the worst in the world. Southern Miss giving up a 47.8 effective field goal percentage, but Arkansas state has really struggled to contain the perimeter, giving up 37.7% from beyond the arc. Southern Miss has helped their opponents to 32.5% from beyond the arc. And it's just the Southern Miss team that I have liked betting on who has, you know, has shown me that they can be a good basketball team and coming off that very disappointing performance against Marshall, I think it's a team that's poised to bounce back and then a big fashion here in this game i think they cover this spread on the road i'm taking southern miss minus five and a half here against arkansas state next up on saturday's card we have uc irvine taking on cal state northridge uc irvine comes into this game as the 119th overall team in the hot tibet power ranking cal state northridge is the 337th overall team and csun cal state northridge has not been great this season only one division one win on the year and you know once you're into the heart of conference play that's not exactly the stat line that you want um, you know on your resume coming to this game following the loss to UC Davis and and overall they've just not been a very good team and UC Irvine on the other hand has been very strong this season 11 and 5 overall they're 4 and 0 here in conference play and offensively they've been a very strong team they do a great job shooting the basketball a 52.2 effective field goal percentage for them on the year and they're also the fifth best perimeter shooting team in the entire nation hitting 40.4 percent from beyond the arc Dawson Baker is a big reason why and a big reason why this Irvine team has had success shooting the ball this season he leads the way with 14.3 points per game and Northridge on the other hand offensively they're just not great. They they just struggle to shoot the basketball. A 43.9 effective field goal percentage on the year, 349th in the country in that category. And they're also only hitting 29.5% from beyond the arc. Overall, offensively, they have just not been a great team this season. They redeem it a little bit on the defensive side of the ball, but they're still at a disadvantage in this matchup, only holding their opponents to a 50.1 effective field goal percentage on the year. They're also allowing 32.9% from beyond the arc. UC Irvine has done a pretty good job defensively, only allowing 47.4 effective field goal percentage and only giving up 32.4 percent from beyond the Arkansas UC Irvine team that certainly likes to push tempo um, and, and score some points and, and offensively I think Northridge is really going to struggle to deal with that I think UC Irvine even on the road here is able to gain a lead and, and really just hold it the entire game taking them minus 10 and a half here against Cal State Northridge Next up on the card, we got a very interesting matchup between Austin P and Lipscomb. Austin P comes into this game as the 269th overall team in the Hot Tibet Power Ranking. Lipscomb is the 223rd overall team. And the reason I say this is an interesting matchup is because these two teams played two days ago. <laughs> two days ago, at Austin P Lipscomb won by 22 points, and you know that's something you'll see in some of these lower major conferences, back-to-back games like this. Um, but it's an interesting spot for both of these teams in this game. Obviously, I think Austin P is going to perform better and look better than they did in that game on Thursday. And you know, it's an Austin P team that certainly had a tougher strength to schedule this season. But overall, they just still haven't been a great team. And we saw that in the first meeting here. You know, they struggled to shoot the basketball on the season. They struggled to shoot the basketball. Only a 46.6 effective field goal percentage for them on the year. They're also only hitting 32.8% from beyond the arc. And that's one area that Lipscomb has been very good offensively. They've shot the ball well this season, a 53.2 effective field goal percentage on the year. They're also hitting 33% from beyond the arc defensively. They've been a fairly good team as well. But the biggest reason I like Lipscomb in this game, and I think the biggest reason why they were able to win that first meeting by so many points was because of the rebounds, the second chance opportunities, the, the taking away the second chance opportunities from Austin P. They've really just been a great rebounding team. Ashaan Adula leads the way for Lipscomb with 6.8 rebounds per game. As a team, they're pulling down 73.7% off the defensive glass. Austin P hasn't been terrible, but it certainly struggled a bit more only pulling down 67.9% off the defensive glass. And, you know, rematches are tough to read in general because you know the two teams have played each other obviously know each other um, but when it's in your last game it's kind of a different story but even with that said I think Austin P is still going to struggle here in this game these two teams are just such a big mismatch and we saw that in the first meeting and while I don't think Lipscomb's probably going to win this game by 22 points I think going back home following up that win they're looking to get another impressive one here I'm taking Lipscomb minus five and a half here against Austin P. Now, we're eight games in and still only halfway through the card. But if you haven't already checked out the website, head over to hottipbets.com. Got college basketball, NBA, NHL, NFL, UFC, horse racing picks for everything going on this weekend and every day that there's stuff going on in general. So make sure you take a look at all of that. Also, follow the Hot mini account at Hot tip bets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter to stay up to date with all the content being posted over there, as well as my personal accounts at Hot tip bets Chris on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, so you don't miss out on any of the content that I'm putting out. And also on Best Stamp, where you can get early access to all the picks and get a notification every single time that i place a bet and last but definitely not least if you are watching here on youtube please hit that like button subscribe to the channel hit the bell notification so you don't miss out on any future uploads and most importantly drop a comment down below let me know who you guys are betting on here for saturday's mega card and let's get into the second half of these games and we head to the Big 12 for this next game as Oklahoma State takes on Baylor. Oklahoma State comes into this game as the 39th overall team in the Hot Topic Power Ranking. Baylor is the sixth overall team, and you know it's an Oklahoma State team that comes off the loss to Kansas State. And you know, just looking at the final score, doesn't necessarily look like a close game. But they were very, very competitive um, during that game, and, and that's kind of what the Oklahoma State you know team has really just looked like the entire season. Even in their losses, they've done a great job staying in games, and they've just been. A very very competitive team for Baylor you know finally get that first big 12 conference win of the season on Wednesday night with the win at West Virginia but you know overall starting off big 12 play here they are one in three on the season um, but obviously you know the big 12 is you know the best conference in basketball this year and, and as far as Baylor goes they haven't been a bad team you know they've shot the ball well this season a 54.2 effective field goal percentage on the year hitting 36 percent from beyond the arc you know certainly in this matchup they are the better shooting team offensively Oklahoma State has struggled a bit only 49.8 effective field goal percentage on the year 32.7 percent from beyond the arc Bryce Thompson though has been a good shot scorer for this Oklahoma State Oklahoma State team leads them with 11.6 points per game but the real reason and probably the biggest reason I like Oklahoma State and have liked them all season is the defense. They are very strong on the defensive side of the ball. Their shot defense has really just been absolutely outstanding this season. They've held their opponents to a 42.3 effective field goal percentage on the year. Oklahoma State's also only giving up 28.7% from beyond the arc. Certainly, you know, if they can keep that number up through Big 12 play, they're going to remain competitive um, in a lot of these games against a lot of these opponents. And that's not to say that Baylor's shot defense has been horrible this season, but it certainly struggled a bit against some of these big 12 opponents. man, we saw it last Saturday against Kansas State. Um, You know, they do rebound with that win over West Virginia, but for Baylor, allowing a 49.8 effective field goal percentage on the year and giving up 34.5% from beyond the arc. And and even at home in this game, you know, going to Waco for Oklahoma State, not an easy place to play. I just don't see Baylor covering this spread. I think Oklahoma State, once again, plays a close competitive game and really gets, you know, (laughs) keeps it close on the defensive side of the ball. Taking Oklahoma State plus seven and a half, Eric and now, we head out west for the next game here on Saturday's card as Weber State takes on Montana State. Weber State comes into this game as the 192nd overall team in the odds power ranking. Montana State is the 135th overall team, and it's a Montana State team that has played well this season. You know, coming to this game, following the win over Idaho State, and, and while they struggled a little bit at times during non-conference play, um, it certainly didn't help that they had a very, very tough strength of schedule, and, and they have played well here as conference players. Play has started you know been of a solid shooting team a 52 effective field goal percentage for them on the year they're also hitting 31.5 percent from beyond the arc raekwon battle has led the way for montana state with 16.1 points per game and, and offensively they've been a strong team They've looked good, but so is Weber State. You know, certainly Weber State has, has gained some momentum. They've really looked like a much better team here the past few weeks of the season than when we saw early on, you know, coming to this game, following a win over Montana in their last one. Um, but they have struggled a little bit more than Montana State shooting the basketball, at least overall, a 49.1 effective field goal percentage on the year. They are only hitting 31.6% from beyond the arc. But defensively for Weber State, They've really just not been a great team this season. They've certainly had some struggles. Their shot defense especially really just hasn't been the best, giving up a 53.8 effective field goal percentage on the year. They're also allowing 36.7% from beyond the arc. Montana State, on the other hand, has been dominant on the defensive side of the ball. Their shot defense has been great. Here in conference play, only giving up a 48.4 effective field goal percentage on the year, only allowing 33 percent from beyond the yard. I think Weber State going on the road here in this game against, you know, one of probably the top team in the Big Sky Conference this season, the team to beat. I think they're really going to struggle. And I think it's a Montana State team that continues to keep things rolling and build up another impressive win at home in this game. I'm taking Montana State minus seven and a half here against Weber State. Now, the next thing we'll take a look at here on Saturday is Wright State taking on Milwaukee. Wright State comes into this game as the 165th overall team in the Hot Tip of Power Ranking. Milwaukee is the 298th overall team. And, you know, when you have over 150 games on a, a Saturday card, this isn't necessarily one that's going to pop off for most people. But this is going to be a great basketball game. I mean, both these teams have looked good this season. Wright State comes into this game following a win over Green Bay. And, you know, the Bart Lundy era for Milwaukee is certainly off to a better start than the Patrick Baldwin era ever was really a Milwaukee team that has just been absolutely cooking and here in conference play have been very very good coming to this game on a four game winning streak and and offensively they just do a great job shooting the basketball hitting a 52.9 effective field goal percentage on the year they're also hitting 36.7 percent from beyond the arc BJ Freeman is a big reason why they've had success shooting the basketball this season he's hitting 13.3 points per game but that's not to say right team's been a bad shooting team because they certainly haven't. They offensively have been probably just as good as Milwaukee this season, um, shooting a 53.2 effective field goal percentage and hitting 34.4% from beyond the arc. Trey Calvin has been a outstanding standing shooter for them as well, 18.1 points per game, but I think the real advantage for Milwaukee in this game is obviously going to come on the defensive side of the ball, because Wright State, for for as good as they've been offensively, have had some struggles defensively, and I think it's led to some games where they probably should have won, turning into losses. Their shot defense really just hasn't been great this season. They're giving up a 52.8 effective field goal percentage on the year. They're also allowing 35.2% from beyond the arc, and that's one area where Milwaukee has actually been very strong this season. And holding their opponents to a 47.1 effective field goal percentage on the season. And they're also only allowing 29.8% from beyond the arc. Milwaukee has been fairly strong on the defensive side of things. And, you know, when it comes to this game, it's obviously going to be an up-tempo game. Wright State plays the 37th fastest tempo in the country. Milwaukee, the 28th fastest tempo in the country. But I think really what this game is going to come down to is the fact that Milwaukee has a shot defense and Wright State really doesn't have much of a defense. I think it's really going to be hard for right state to gain an advantage in this game really gain a lead in a game that is going to be so fast-paced i'm still taking milwaukee to get the win minus 110 here against right state next up on Saturday's card, we got South Carolina Upstate taking on Longwood South Carolina Upstate comes into this game as the 292nd overall team in the hot tip of power ranking Longwood is the 141st overall team for South Carolina Upstate looking to get some you know revenge and and rebound after that loss to Campbell in their last game and and, because overall they haven't been a bad team here in conference play start out big south play with a three and two record on the year and yeah they benefited from you know some of the lesser teams in the conference but it's an upstate team that i certainly still have some faith in as far as longwood goes you know the seven game winning streak comes to an end in their last one a loss to unc asheville in that game but it's a longwood team that's obviously been strong this season they've done a good job shooting the basketball a 50.5 effective field goal percentage for them on the year they're also hitting 35.8 percent from beyond the arc, but Upstate has also been a strong shooting team this season, a 51 effective field goal percentage for them on the year, hitting 34% from beyond the arc. Jordan Graney has led the way with 16.4 points per game, and offensively, they have just been a good team. Defensively, South Carolina Upstate hasn't been a terrible team either. They've been good in the turnover department this season, forcing turnovers on 20.4% of their opponent's possessions. Longwood has been a little bit better, forcing a turnovers on 22.2% of their possessions. But neither one of these teams really does a bad job turning the ball over themselves. South Carolina Upstate only turning it over on 18.9% of their possessions, while Longwood turns it over on 18.1% of theirs. And yeah, Longwood is certainly the better team in this game, and, and Longwood is obviously a very dangerous team in bi- the Big South this season. But and half points is just far too many for this game. It's a South Carolina Upstate team that I think shoots the ball well enough and, and really plays defense well enough to stay in this game even on the road i'm taking them to cover plus 11 and a half here against longwood Now, we head to the Pac-12 as Stanford takes on Washington State. Stanford comes into this game as the 88th overall team in the hot tip of power ranking. Washington State is the 54th overall team. And, you know, Stanford certainly hasn't had the season they wanted. They're 0-6 here in Pac-12 play coming to this game following the loss to Washington. And, you know, that's not to say that Washington State has been a great team because they're 8-10 overall, um, and they've certainly had some disappointing performances But they've still been a very, very strong team. I mean, coming to this game, following the win over Cal which isn't a great performance by any means, but a win nonetheless. And it's a Washington State team that has done a really good job shooting the basketball this season. A 51.6 effective field goal percentage on the year, hitting 37% from beyond the arc. Now, a bit of an asterisk on that. T.J. Bama leads the way for this Washington State team scoring, but he is questionable here for Saturday's game with a hand injury. So we'll have to see what that ends up playing out as. But that doesn't concern me a ton because it's a Washington State team that really does a good job getting the a lot of guys Involved and really spreading the ball around um, and, and just creating a lot of opportunities to score. Um, and offensively, Stanford hasn't been a good team shooting the basketball. They've really struggled to score this season. Only a 49.5 effective field goal percentage for them on the year. Also, only hitting 30.8% from beyond the arc. Defensively, it doesn't get much better for this Stanford team. And in fact, it might get worse. Um, you know, only allowing or allowing a 52 effective field goal percentage from their opponents this season, they're giving up 35% percent from beyond the arc Washington State has really just had the much better shot defense when it comes to these two teams holding their opponents to 48.8 effective field goal percentage on the season and only giving up 29.3% from beyond the arc and obviously with some of the injuries that Washington State is dealing with it's kind of I think forced this spread a lot lower than it should be here in this game but despite you know those potential you know question marks coming into this game it's still a Washington State team that is very, very dangerous and definitely has a lot of talent. And even if they haven't you know, shown it off and certainly had some struggles this season, they're still a good shooting team. They still have a strong defense. And going up against outside of Cal, but it's hard to even say that because Cal lost to Stanford, um, one of the worst teams in the Pac-12. I think at home, Washington State covers this game pretty easily. I'm taking them. Minus 6.5 here against Stanford. Next up on the car, we got Wake Forest taking on Boston College. Wake Forest comes into this game as the 60th overall team in the high power ranking. Boston College is the 127th overall team. Wake Forest have been a fairly strong team this season. You know, overall, 4-2 and two here through ACC play. Coming to this game, following a win over Florida State. Had a great win over Duke earlier in the season. And it's just a Wake Forest team that has been playing some good basketball. Boston College, well, they did play a close competitive game against Duke, you know, last week. Duke come into this game following a very disappointing loss to Miami in their last game. And obviously coming back home in this one um, will help them out in some respects. But overall, they're just not a great shooting team this season. Only a 46.3 effective field goal percentage on the year. They're also hitting 27.6% from beyond the arc. Boston College is the 354th worst three-point shooting team in the entire nation this season. Have not done a great job there. And Wake Forest, on the other hand, is a great shooting team they've really done a good job scoring points a 54.8 effective field goal percentage for them on the year they're hitting 37.8 percent from beyond the arc and tyree appleby is a big reason why he's been an outstanding shot scorer for this wake forest team this season 17.8 points per game for him overall offensively wake forest has been very very good Um, and they've also you know been decent on the defensive side of the ball and that's not something boston college can necessarily say either they've kind of struggled defensively their shot defense hasn't been great you know, Boston College giving up a 51.4 effective field goal percentage on the year and allowing 37.8% from beyond the arc. And, and as far as Wake Forest goes, yeah, they, they, they certainly, you know, have some weak points for sure. But overall, Steve Forbes has really just done a great job assembling a very good roster, a lot of talent on this team. Um, and, you know, Boston College has certainly been better at home than they have been on the road this season. But even with that said, Wake Forest has been such a good offensive team. I think they go into this game um, and win it pretty easily taking them minus two and a half here against boston college and finally for the final game of the day to close out what i'm pretty sure is the longest show i've ever recorded here on the channel we got uc riverside taking on uc santa barbara Riverside comes into this game as the 171st overall team in the Hot Tibet Power King. Santa Barbara is the 97th overall team. And, you know, for this Riverside team, they've had some struggles this season. Certainly haven't been, you know, the best overall. They're not a terrible team, you know, 11 and 6 overall. Um, but, you know, coming to this game, following the win over UC San Diego in their last game, but offensively have certainly had some struggles. UC Santa Barbara, though, has been very, very good. Nine game winning streak coming into this one. They're 13 and 2 overall and really just been dominant on the offensive side of the ball A 52.5 effective field goal percentage for them on the year they're hitting 34.4% from beyond the arc and AJ Mitchell has been an outstanding player for this Santa Barbara team all season long leads them currently in scoring with 15.9 points per game really has done a good job for this team Riverside on the other hand not a terrible shooting team but certainly have had some struggles only a 49.7 effective field goal percentage on the year they have been decent from perimeter hitting 33.2% from beyond the arc but overall not nearly as good as what Santa Barbara has done in the scoring department this season defensively, Riverside has also had some struggles um, this year haven't been great when it comes to the turnovers either only forcing turnovers on 16.5% of their opponent's possessions as one area that Santa Barbara has really done a great job this season Um, you know, really just a good team when it comes to forcing turnovers forcing turnovers on 20.7% of their opponent's possessions and going on the road here in this game I think Riverside could certainly have some struggles and it's a Santa Barbara team that I've been very very pleased with, they've just been playing very efficient very good basketball and i think here in this matchup even with a a bit of a bigger spread for an opponent like this i think they cover this one pretty easy taking uc santa barbara minus eight and a half here against uc riverside